Welcome to the Relentless Minds podcast with Lori Jimenez, a platform where influential entrepreneurs get real and share their stories of challenges in life that they've had to face head on and conquer in order to be where they are today. Here, you'll get an inside look at the adversities that these individuals have experienced or are currently dealing with, in addition to their opinions on real life matters and philosophies in life. Most importantly, you'll learn what it takes to have a relentless mind so that you too can stay headstrong in your pursuit of a better future. In this podcast, you're going to get 100% authenticity from people that have figured out how to beat the noise that society creates and have a higher level of self-mastery. Hi, welcome back to Relentless Minds podcast with Lori Jimenez. I have with me today Christopher Dedian. Christopher is a professional speaker and peak performance expert who helps entrepreneurs, leaders, and employees alike manage stress, increase productivity, and have more energy. Diagnosed with dyslexia at the age of eight, he was faced with many failures along the way, but because of his relentless attitude, his failures taught him how to succeed, and he now uses his life lessons to coach his clients to become the best versions of themselves. Christopher, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you very much, Lori. It is a pleasure. I truly appreciate you taking the time to, to come and, see, and, and be here um, and to share your story with everybody. I know it's going to be super powerful. Um, how, how's your day been? How's everything been going? Everything's been going great. Another busy day, but that's the I way know. we like it. It just, I'm blessed. Honestly, just all kinds of blessings. How about yours? My day has been going really well, I have to say. Um, busy too, but that's how Fridays are. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to um, talk a little bit about your, what you're doing. So right now you're speaking, you're a speaker. Um, you're also an advocate for dyslexia and other disabilities, like learning mm -hmm. disabilities, right? Can you mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about that and how um, like your passion and how you're advocating really? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. So exactly. So I'm a professional speaker and I talk about peak performance, high performance. And there's a part as well that I get asked to talk about learning disabilities, because like you mentioned in the intro, I was diagnosed at eight years old with dyslexia. So I talk about that a lot. I go to schools, I go to events, and I really try to demystify the myth of what learning disabilities are and how to deal with them and to succeed with that. So it's definitely something that I'm extremely passionate about because I've truly went down this journey of having dyslexia and not understanding what it is when I was super young, kind of being shy about it, being trying to repress it, and then having this opportunity uh, literally like two years ago to go on stage and talk about that I am dyslexic as I was an entrepreneur, which kind of was scary because I'm like, oh, my clients, are they going to you know, kind of drop me or whatever the case was? Back in the day, I was in real estate as a broker, and uh, that was actually a question that I had. But once I went out and I started promoting that, that's when actually my speaking career started. Back in the day, I was actually a broker. And that one speech that I just went on and it talked about dyslexia and learning disabilities, it just kind of blew up. And then I started doing work with the Ministry of Education uh, from my province in, in Canada and in Montreal. And uh, it, just, it just one thing led to another. I realized that this is really what I was put on this planet to do. And mm -hmm. from there, I just became 100% a professional speaker and the coaching came on with it as well and many other things. So that's kind of the, the background story behind it. Wonderful. So you were in real estate and I remember yes. I saw that too. I was reading about that. You were in real estate as a broker. Yes. And so you had your own brokerage. Uh, so essentially I had like, I was working under Raymax. I had my, gotcha. my own thing and it was going super well. Honestly, like I, I worked super hard to build that business. It, I worked in it for like 
four and a half years, five years. Mm-hmm. And the first year and a half, I literally played to be a broker. Like I had to work extremely hard and it was, it was difficult in the beginning, but then I started really going well and I started making a significant amount of uh, uh, money for my company. And when this speaking thing came about, I did a complete uh, switch to coming to this industry and everybody, I kid you not, thought that I was crazy. They're like, Chris, what are you doing? We saw you work so hard and then you built something and now you're going to something else and you have to rebuild. Like, why don't you do a more like, you know, slow transition or whatever the case was. But at a point when you realize that you you truly have to bring value to people and money's not the end game. And, you know, Tony Robbins says it like beautifully, He's like, success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. Mm-hmm. And in some little way, that's kind of what I had felt. And I didn't notice it because I was in my mid-20s. I was making six digits. Like in the outside society, I was, I was making it and life was great, but there was something missing. And don't get me wrong, I wasn't sad or anything. But once I found that fulfillment of being in front of kids, being in front of people and truly bringing a value to them and their cham- changing their lives, it's just crazy because in real estate for me, I had the opportunity, let's say, to change lives of 30 families per year. And now I have the opportunity in 30 minutes to speak in front of thousands of people. It's not the same ROI on your time. So that's why I ended up going into uh, the speaking industry and the coaching industry. Yeah. And it's completely a different message too. Like you're helping. I mean, like it's, it doesn't even compare. I was in real estate too before I jumped into um, this de- personal development space. And it's, you know, your, your, your fulfillment is in helping people like truly like personally in their lives. Right. Um, so I, I commend you for making that jump despite, you know, family and friends probably thinking you were absolutely crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) And And you're doing something now, like that's so much more powerful. You're doing something now that's helping like people in a different way. Um, and that's what, that's what we need, right? Um, people like you that have that mindset that can actually help others that need to be there. That's, well, that's exactly it. And the honest truth is I loved my time as a broker and in real estate, and I'm still in real estate as an investment side because I truly love it. And the main thing is, it's not the fact that we're talking about real estate or speaking, it's what you are meant to do in this universe. And this was my purpose because I know real estate brokers that are meant to be real estate brokers and they're killing it and they're helping because they're really helping people, right? It's awesome when you buy and sell homes. So essentially it's finding what you need to do in this world. And once you find that, that in itself is bliss because you're living your day every single moment with happiness and joy. And that's where the real happiness comes. Mm-hmm. It's not chasing the money and all that. Absolutely. It's not for at least everybody. Um, yeah, absolutely. So backtracking a little bit, uh, you were diagnosed with dyslexia and you were yeah. eight years old, right? And for the listeners, um, anybody who doesn't know what dyslexia is, uh, it's, it is a group of disorders that uh, involve difficulty in learning to read, interpret words, letters, and other symbols, uh, but they don't, they don't affect general intelligence. Um, but go ahead and, you know, if you can tell us about how that experience was, like, were you back in the day, were you um, aware of this learning disability? Did you feel, how did you feel like it affected you, you know, growing up? And what did you do about it? <laughs> yeah. So first of all, that was awesome. I love the definition that you pulled out over there and the information you gave on it, which 100% accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, dyslexia has to do 100% with language skills, such as, you know, reading, writing, and spelling, or even pronouncing certain words, but it has nothing to do with intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, that aspect was at eight years old, my parents come and tell me that, Chris, you're dyslexic. And mm-hmm. they tell me, we're going to take you out of the school that you're in right now, in the middle of the school year, and we're going to put you in a specialized school. 
So at eight years old, all I understand is I'm losing my friends and I'm going to a special school. Mm -hmm. I didn't want that. Like I didn't want any of that. Right. And I still didn't understand what dyslexia was. I'm only eight years old. Obviously, I knew that there was something wrong. Like I felt it when I was doing exams with my, with my friends and they were having so much easier like, time than me. And I wasn't. I'm like, there was something wrong. There. So once I got into the specialized school uh, with the teachers and the tools and the, the tricks and the hacks that I needed to really succeed and learn with real passion, that's when I started realizing, okay, this is what dyslexia is. And this is uh, you know, what I could do with it. And the best way I could explain it, like, to the people that are listening. Anybody that has seeing eyeglasses right now, take it off. So once you take it off, you're not blind. You just see blurry, right? Mm. So if you put it back on, you see clearly. That's the best way I could explain what dyslexia is. And the glasses for me would be uh, systems like uh, reading systems for me. So like WordCube or Speechify, so systems that I highlight and it reads to me or systems like Word uh, speech to text. So imagine on your iPhone when you click the button and you start talking and it writes it for you. Things like that give me the advantage of really not having issues with my dyslexia. So that's the best way to go about it and just having the proper learning and structure. Now, once I got older and the high school finished, I was really afraid going into the workforce and people knowing that I'm dyslexic. It was kind of this thing that I'm like, I didn't want my peers to know. I didn't want my bosses to know. I didn't want them to think less of me. Mm. And because of that, I actually chose to go into a field that was 100% predicated on that fear, and which was actually firemen. I decided to go into firemen, which I loved it. It was fun. Gotcha. But my initial thought was I wanted to be a lawyer. Then I started looking into lawyer. I'm like, wait a minute, lawyer, you read and write a lot. I'm uh -huh. dyslexic. I'm like, forget about that. Uh -huh. Let me look for a job that doesn't have a lot of reading and writing. Oh, no. So that's why, yeah. So that's why I went into firemen. And it was super fun. I enjoyed it. But once I went into it, I started working into it. I started realizing that I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I'm like, I don't think this is what I should be doing. Like the universe was kind of talking to me back then. I didn't know that's what was happening, but I'm like, there's something missing. And that's when I realized that I was meant to be an entrepreneur my whole life. Yeah. So even like in the classroom, like being dyslexic, when a teacher used to come into the classroom and say, kids, we're going to be in teams of three, even before she finished the word three, I had my head up and I was looking for who reads the best, who writes the best. Let's put a team together, make them do the work and get the grade together. That's delegation one-on-one. It's something I use still to this day in entrepreneur every single day. So that's the relationship I had with dyslexia or mm. anybody, you know, like when they have anything, any human being has a certain situation or a difficulty, they go through processes. And now today I'm hundred percent comfortable with it. And I speak about it. I advocate about it. So people that are going through that journey or wherever they are in their personal journey with any type of difficulty, they could maybe learn from it and really be proud of it and bring it to the forefront. Yeah, so you figured out how you could work with your your disability implications, yeah. right? To make it work for you. Like you didn't allow it to to take over your life. Yes. Thankfully you learned that lesson early on because yes. you know, allowing something to kind of guide what you go into, like what career you choose, is like the worst way to live. Mm -hmm. Absolutely the worst way to live. Hundred percent. So how did you feel? Because you must have been experiencing how like it how it showed up in your life, right? Like being dyslexic. Do you feel like it was a powerful influence? Like in oh, yes. like that, that like, you know, you could oh, yes. like constantly see how it was affecting you? 100%. I still see today. And like I said, now in my journey, I'm extremely blessed that mm -hmm. I am dyslexic because, and I love this, you know, your, your podcast is called Relentless. And I might, there's one word that defines my person to find myself with is relentless because mm -hmm. my dyslexia just taught me never to give up. 
it's like, okay, this doesn't work, but okay, let's find another way. And this doesn't work. Okay, let's find another way. So when I got into the entrepreneur field, into the business world, I noticed that because I've struggled so much as a young man in school and I failed so much, I've learned that to never give up. That is completely translated to my business right now. And that's the only reason I succeed. It's not because I'm better or I'm stronger. It's just because I never give up. I'm relentless. Yeah. When I don't have a resource, I go get that resource. Mm-hmm. And it's as simple as that. So th- there's a lot of things that my dyslexia has taught me. And that's something that I, I like advocate a lot as well. Whatever difficulty any human being has, there's so much to learn from that. You know, when, when life ha- like something happens to you and some people are like, oh my God, why is this happening to me? No, that's not the question you should ask yourself. The question you should ask yourself is what is the, the world trying to teach me? Why, what am I trying to learn from this situation? Mm-hmm. It's not why is it happening to me? It's what am I supposed to learn from this situation? Absolutely. Can you tell us what, um, like maybe an experience or something of something that, um, like these challenges that you're talking about that you experienced specifically due to your dyslexia? I'm sure that emotionally it was very, you know, different things where they would affect your confidence, your motivation, your, your, your self-esteem even. Like, can you tell us about a, a time that you were really doubting yourself and really what it was that got you out of that? Uh, okay. So that's an awesome question. Thank you for that. And I'm going to give you one, like I could go to my childhood and there's so many, whatever the case is, but I'm going to give you one so specifically that it happened a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. And I want to give this one because I truly believe I'm at a level at my self-development and my mindset and I'm at a level that I coach and I speak on stages, but this still happens every single day, like difficulties and all that stuff. And I want this really to, to people to understand because right now we're speaking right and this is our highlight reel you know this is chris's highlight reel and this is Lori's highlight reel but there's so many failures before this and this is one specific that happened so let me go into it so this was uh like i said six months ago i was actually hosting an event uh, as a speaker so i wasn't speaking it was really hosting an event and uh, before going on stage they gave me like two seconds before going on stage last minute a document to read I'm like, okay, uh, I'm dyslexic. I'm like, you know, I didn't get this, whatever the case was, but I'm like, I'll manage. And not only that, uh, it was in French because in Montreal, we speak French. So it's not my first language. It's actually my third language. But I'm like, all right, cool. So I go up on stage and I go to read this and I didn't have a chance to read it before because if I had a chance to read it before, I would be able to be more comfortable of me, you know, practice what I need to practice to be uh, perfect at it. So I go up and I read this thing. I completely massacred it, like truly massacred it. It was horrible. And then I'm like, I got off stage and I'm like, holy, sh- oh, wow, I was going to swear. I'm like, holy moly, I can't, it's like, it really <laughs> bad. Some, some old lady came up to me and she told me, she's like, I've never seen like something so bad like that. And she's kind of like going oh. at it. Yeah. And she's really adamant about it. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm very sorry. And like, actually French was in my first language, whatever, whatever I said. And it's kind of, uh, you know, drifted off. And then that event finished and I got into my car. And then what happens? Your brain starts going against you, right? Those like negative thoughts. You're like, oh my God, Chris, are you good enough? You're not good enough. You're not enough of a speaker. You're dyslexic. Why are you trying to go into this? And then it's, it just went off. It went off. It started killing me, right? Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that I shifted. In life, you have to choose your emotional home. I choose to live in a place of happiness, joy, love, respect, and just fulfillment. Mm-hmm. That's like 95% of the time. Mm-hmm. Now, when negative happens, like this example, I choose to live there 5% of the time. So when I was like that, I'm like, all right, cool. Let me stay here for five minutes. Let me get mad, pissed. Let me just be petty. And then afterwards, push it away and go back to my positivity. Hmm. Now, what to do to get there is something called a brag book. 
Now, a brag book. I definitely call to action. Everybody is listening. If you guys don't have a brag book, start using a brag book. It's very simple. It kind of says it in it, right? Whatever you do in life or whatever somebody tells you like a compliment about yourself. Like imagine in my case, if I get off a stage because it's happened so many times, people come up to me. There's lineups of people like, oh my God, you changed my life. Or one of my mentors telling me, wow, Chris, you're phenomenal in this or that, whatever the case is. If it's something that resonates with me, I write it in my brag book. So I write, this person told me this, this day, and this is what it was, this is what I felt. And then next page, next thing, whatever the case is. So when I was backtrack in that situation that I screwed up essentially that speech and uh, that, that, uh, that hosting event, I put up my brag book and I started reading it. And I went through it and I went through it and all these great things that I've accomplished already in this young life in my entrepreneur. I'm like, okay, Chris, I'm like, you are the same guy. You are this person. This one screw up is not going to change anything. This is a part of the learning curve. When I was telling you life is trying to teach you something, you learn from this situation. So that's what it was. That's how you completely break your pattern. Because if you continue in that negative pattern, your mind is going with the questions you're asking yourself. Because you remember the first thing I said, as soon as I got into the car, I started asking myself, am I good enough? Yeah. Am I enough? Am I speaking? Because then what you're telling your brain is he's looking for answers that you're not good enough. But that's not what we want him to do. My unconscious mind, my reticular activating system in my mind is going on the wrong direction. So I break mm-hmm. the pattern and I tell him, this is not what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. Absolutely. So yeah, I went on wow. a little rant. That's freaking awesome. You have a Thank brag you. book. Man, that is powerful yeah. stuff. You know, I feel that people don't realize the power of and the impact of having things written down and reading. Yes. Like when, yes. you, when you are looking at something on a page and you're taking that in, that is so much more powerful than in your mind. Yes. In your mind, it can be, it can be twisted and turned in so many different ways. Even if it's a pow- it's a positive thought. If it stays in your head, it's not as powerful as it being written down. Yes. Yes. I yes. love that brag book. Wow, that's incredible. And and Lori, what what you just explained is everything with the brain uh, brain chemistry, mm. and that's something I truly push on. I really study the brain because. Once you understand why something is happening, you're able to counter it just like that. Like I was able to say that, okay, I knew what was happening. I knew that it was my reticular activating system. And just to give a little like example, the reticular activating system is a part of your brain. The best way I could describe it is the filter of your brain, right? So whatever you ask from it, it's going to uh, magnify and it's going to catch. Because right now when we see, like I'm just looking at screen, looking at things, I see over 2 million elements at a time towards color, grill, big, this, that. My brain does not have the capacity to assimilate all that. He assimilates the information that he thinks is pertinent to me. Gotcha. Example, when you go shop for a car, you shop for a car, it takes you maybe a week, a month, whatever the case is, you get into the dealership, you drive up the first light that you stop, you realize that exact same car is passing you next, next to you and you've never noticed it before. Or if you buy a dress, you've never noticed that dress and you go to a party and three girls have that dress. You're like, what's happening? It's because you've never noticed it, it's been there, but your mind is spotting it to you. That's why you have to be so like particular and predominant on the vocabulary used in your life and towards yourself. Yep. Which is the reason why just so much more like having your goals in front of you every single day is so much more important because Mm -hmm. when you have your goals in front of you and you're aware of that, you start to cite, you start to see these opportunities that might present themselves that you weren't aware of before Yes. because you have those goals in mind constantly. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, and you have to transition that goal that you have from your conscious mind to your unconscious mind. Your unconscious because, mind. Because like the main part of all goals setting and all goal realization happens in your unconscious mind. 
But to get to your unconscious mind, you have to go through your conscious mind. And that's actually, there's like works and there's like setups for that when you're meditating, how to visualize, how to create that. And a part of that is like you said, that visualization, that affirmation, whatever goals you have up on the wall, that's how you get it. But there's a specific way to get into that and really transition that thought to over there. And if you leave it as is and you just do whatever, that's real estate that everybody around you is trying to take your unconscious mind, ah, right? Yeah. Like when you watch like anything, if I say, you're probably going to say, I'm loving it, right? That's <laughs> McDonald's. Yep. So they have put that on our unconscious mind. So you have to ask yourself, what is going in my unconscious mind? Because it's real estate. So when you're going and you're scrolling down your phone, Instagram, Facebook, what are they trying to put in your unconscious mind? Mm. And then once you're aware of you, how your mind works, you are so much acutely aware of what you want to put in and what you don't want to put in. And once you get that, you start feeding yourself the information that you want. Yeah, you know, something that I created um, when I was looking into doing the one-on-one -on -one coaching was... Um, for me, so I know the power of writing things down. Like for me, when it was coming, when I was going through a transition in my life where I had to basically re restructure my belief system, a powerful thing that I did was write everything down, all my emotions. If there was a, and I was becoming a lot more aware on about like how I felt about things, right? So I would immediately, if there was something that made me feel a little bit off or offended or sad or happy, like what it, whatever it was, I would pay attention to that shift in, in emotion, right? And I would write it down. And that just became second nature where yeah. I was consistently becoming more and more aware yes. about my shift in, in attitude, my shift in emotion yes. and writing these things down. They're so, it's so important to do that because, yeah. because then you start to see really what is, is, is making you have these emotions, you know, if it's good, if it's bad, you start to question, should I be feeling this way for, because of this? Like, is that uh, a problem with me? And then you start just diving in a little bit deeper. Yes. So much self-awareness. Yes. I, I, oh my God, I'm so vibing with you right now. I love that because the number one thing you could work on is understanding yourself, understanding your emotions and being empathetic. Mm -hmm. Now being empathetic is understanding the other person's point of view. The only way you're going to understand the other point of view is understanding yourself. All the answers are within. So when you're saying that, oh my God, I'm feeling this way and you're looking at your emotions, I'm angry, I'm mad and whatever the case is, try to understand why are you angry? Is it because of this person in front of you? Is it because of this situation? Or is it because something within you that just got triggered, but that's within you. That's mm -hmm. something you have to work on. And then once you're able to pinpoint that, then you're so much more calm and you're so much more in control of your emotions and you're able to bring it up or bring it down whenever you want. You're not letting yourself get controlled by the environment outside of you, but you're controlling the environment. You're actually building, you're co-creating the environment around you. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned something interesting. I wanted to actually touch on that. See if you can give us a little bit of insight on your, on your process. Yeah. Like you were saying how to get things from your subconscious to your conscious. Oh, um, yes. Okay. So like from in your head to your paper. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you for that because this, this is like golden nuggets. People listen, all right? Yeah. So this is things that I give uh, to my coaching clients. So I'm somebody that I'm very ritual oriented. I meditate 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at night. And that's like a part of it among many other things that I do before hitting the gym at 6 a.m. Mm. One thing I'm going to tell you guys to do every time you go to bed, you have to stop and do these three things. Now, before I go into that, I have to explain to you how your brain works, uh, how the wave, the brain waves work. So there's a couple of brain waves in your mind that actually uh, help you out during the day that always happens, right? 
And let me actually just pull it up, not to make a mistake right now, because actually I'm just going to go into my, my notes and really get that. So the brain waves that really help you out is there is uh, alpha. Uh, uh, wait, sorry, sorry. Let me just pull it up real quick. Yeah. So there's gamma, bravo, uh, alpha, theta, and delta. So gamma is the wave that it happens when you have like an idea to kind of, whoop, I have a great idea. That's when you're in a gamma rate. Uh, beta wave is when you're in the awakened state. So right now we're both beta, we're awakened and we're conscious, we're speaking. Alpha is when you're going into a more relaxed state, you're beginning a meditating and you're around there. Theta is still consciously aware, but you're going in and out of unconsciousness. So that's you're more in a state of meditating or imagine you're on the beach, you have your eyes closed, you're on vacation, the sun is hitting your eyes, you're awake, but at the same time, you're coming, going in and out of consciousness, you know where you are, but you're just in this, this state. And then the last one is delta, which is completely, you're knocked out, you're sleeping. So when you go down all of these brain waves, every single day you go up and down these brain waves. So when we're talking about, you wanna get information from your conscious mind to your unconscious mind, those happens when you are in the alpha and the theta state. Now, if I'm telling you that every single day you go from conscious to unconscious, Essentially, we're talking about you wake up and you go to sleep, right? So when you are in a meditative practice, or if you do, even if you don't meditate, when you are sleeping, you are going from alpha to theta, then delta. Once you are in those states, you have to feed your mind the information you want. And these are three things that I'm going to ask you guys to do. Every single time you go to bed, I want you to think of three things. First one, how do you want your physicality and your health to be? So I want you to imagine yourself waking up in the morning, taking off your shirt and looking yourself in the mirror and being like, God dang, I look good. Oh my God, I'm like this. And really put emotion behind it. This is extremely important, not just thinking about it, but I want you to feel it. I want you really to live that emotion and kind of smile looking at yourself and having that body or that health, that person that you want to be. That's number one, health. Number two is relationships and family. So once again, you imagine, I want you to create a scenario. It's like a movie. You're living literally a movie. In my, in my movie is what I see is I'm, I'm uh, receiving my family at my house. My niece comes, runs up to me. I pick her up, give her a kiss, say hi to my family. And it's a joyous occasion. They're coming down. I'm offering them food. I, I really imagine that emotion. This is something that's super important to me with family, friends, and all that. The third one is your business, your, your goals and business. So you want to imagine yourself being where you want to be. So if it is being that CEO, that entrepreneur, how is that living that life right there and now? So you're waking out of your bed. You're going into your massive closet if that's what you want. You pick your suit. You pick your dress. You put on. You feel the emotion. You get into your beautiful car. Go to the office. You say hi to your secretary, Sarah. And then you go, you're living literally this dream and you're co-creating it. Now, the reason this is going to be manifested in the future is because your mind does not know the difference between reality and fiction. But if you work on it with emotion, nonstop, he will create the fiction into reality. That's how you link your conscious mind to your unconscious mind. Like, it, like the huge part of the work happens there. So as simple as if you don't meditate, like it's like, it doesn't really matter. Three things you think about before going to bed, because if you go to bed and you just let yourself doze off, once again, you're not controlling your state. Like it's all already happened to us that we go to bed and we're like anxious. We're thinking about job. We're thinking about, oh my God, I have to call this person, do that. And you're thinking about what you're going to do next day. You have horrible nightmares. You're stressed out of your mind. It's a horrible sleeping pattern. But if you cut that and you tell your brain, no, this is what we're going to think about. Not only that, your sleeping pattern is going to be so much better. So that's essentially one thing that definitely everybody should take away when you go to sleep. Think of those three things. I'm just going to recap it. One, health. 
two, family relationships, three, business where you want to see yourself and create a movie and live it with emotion. Emotion is very important. That's how it's going to get created. Emotion. Yeah, absolutely. And when it comes to what you said about your brain, not knowing the difference, yeah, that is some incredibly impactful and powerful stuff. Yeah. Um, there is a psychologist. Uh, I'm not sure if you know her, I forgot her name. Uh, but she is the one who made this movement of, I know she's um, European, but she made this movement of saying, I am enough and writing it on like mirrors. And she said, and she said the exact same thing that your brain doesn't know the difference between mm -hmm. what you think like in, in reality, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's why she, with her own clients, she tells them, it's like, you have to consistently tell your mind what you want. That's you have to tell your mind what you want, right? Exactly. Because it will do that. Like if you're, if let's say if you're in a, a bakery and there's so many good treats and you're thinking, oh, I want that food, like your mouth, you're going to start salivating. You're going to start mm -hmm. to really, really want mm -hmm. that, that food. But if you start thinking, um, no, I want to be skinny. I want to be healthy. I want to, like, you start just thinking that your body is going, your body's going to be like, you sure? Are you sure? You know? And she was just going through this whole thing in this, in her speech, but it was some powerful stuff. It's true. Like your, your brain only knows what you tell it. So exactly. tell it powerful stuff, say, tell it positive, empowering, and like your goals, just always have that present in your mind. That, thank you for sharing that. That's hundred percent accurate. And that's what it is. Essentially is asking yourself the right questions. Like you, that example that you gave in the bakery, if you go in and say, Oh, I want that. Then your brain's going to only think about, okay, how much can I uh, buy? Where can I get it? Oh, I could eat it here. I could eat it with my friend. He's going to only go on that. Exactly. But if you're going that, Oh no, wait a minute. I had a goal of, I don't know, losing five pounds or fitting it to this or doing this or whatever the case is, your brain's going to be like, all right, cool. It's, there's no options because we're already committed to not doing that, but maybe doing it Saturday because that's my cheat day or whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, you're the you're the brain and mindset guru. I see, like well, all this research that you've done on how the brain works and the chemistry behind it and all that. It's powerful well, stuff. Thank you for that. I don't know if I'm a guru on that end, but the honest truth <laughs> is, the honest humble, truth is humble too. Humble thing, yeah, exactly. Humble brag. No, <laughs> so yeah, like it's it's really is important because honestly, this is something uh, I don't know if you ever heard of Earl Nightingale. Uh, like if you guys haven't go check out Earl Nightingale on YouTube, he's like some like old school, like I'm talking about like 1940s, this man, like uh, he, he did this like one clip of like him speaking and it was so beautiful. And he says specifically, the brain is the eighth undiscovered continent and we have to really develop that. Mm -hmm. So once I got that at a young age, I started developing it. And I realized that once I understand what's happening, like I'm able to counter it. I'm able to give it the proper information. I'm able to do what I need to do to get back on track. So that's how, that's why I research it. And I give it, cause I love, like I could go like talk about the spirituality. I could talk about the law of attraction with all of that, but I give the science behind it. I got to talk about it. Like what you just said was hundred percent law of attraction. What I explained to you is hundred percent law of attraction, but it's not just ooh la la thing. There is yeah. science that's behind it. Your brain is working that way. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. why I like to do that. I like that. Yeah, because it makes it more fact, you know, it's more yeah. factual. It makes it more of like, it's more believable even to ourselves. Like, I think it if is. you're more somebody who's even more of like, of, you know, inclined to believe things that, that you can prove with science, Yes. then, then this is going to mean so much more to you. Right. Because you it know, it's, it, it's, a, it's not of like a, maybe it's a definite, like it works this way.
That's exactly it. And actually to add to that, so that's exactly the, my, my way of thinking. So I'm like, if I get back with science, beautiful. Mm-hmm. If I experience something and then I try to research it and I don't find the science behind it, but I know that I experienced it, I still believe it. So my first thing is faith. Then comes the science. Gotcha. Because like if somebody tells me, like, I don't know if you've ever heard of people talk about out of body experiences. Mm. So I've heard of it. I'm like, okay, cool. What is it? What is that? And whatever. Just you have like this imagination. When I started meditating a couple of years back, I've had two, two out of body experiences or how I could describe out of body experience. And I could be completely wrong, but I felt that's what it was. Once that happened, it shook my life. I'm like, oh my God, like what the heck just happened? And then I started like asking myself, like, what, like, this is unreal because I felt it. And even if I do the research and I can't find it, I'm like, I don't need to find the research if I felt it, if it actually happened. I just believe it and have faith to it. Because sometimes you just have to have faith in the universe and in the world that there is a greater power than us. And that's like another, another subject, but you just have to have yeah. faith in something. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why religion is so big. <laughs> yes, yeah. People, they lose it. You know, they have to have, they have to feel like there's something out there that's bigger than them. Yes. Them feel like there anything's possible, like something. That's, well, that's exactly. It. So see, like, I'm not going into too much on religion or whatever the case is, but there's definitely a difference between religion and spirituality. Yeah. And people put both of them together. Back in the day, now we're able to distinctively understand both. Yeah. So that's essentially what it is. You're right. Yeah, definitely. My last question for you, Christopher, is um, you might have a few of these, um, but basically your most powerful philosophies in life. Like, what do you live by? Okay. Okay. That, that's, I have, I have a few, I definitely have a bunch of them. So let's go with like the main ones. Okay. There's two things I live by. First and foremost, I don't know anything. And it's funny that I'm saying that right now. I've been on your show for a couple of minutes ranting like crazy. <laughs> but what I mean by I don't know anything is that every single time I learn something new, I realize how much more I need to learn and there's mm-hmm. so much more to learn. And it mm-hmm. goes with good with the second one, which is I will always learn. I am going to be a student of life. Mm-hmm. If you go with those two things that I don't know anything and you always learn, you have this, this openness to life and just openness to be a student of life, be a student yeah. of the craft. So yeah. those are like, like, that would be essentially my top one among many other things, but I would, I'll put that pretty high up there. Beautiful. I love it. Yeah. If you continue through life, as not knowing anything, you become receptive to everything. Yeah. Like you always have to like, I mean, for me, the true happiness is self-development. And if you always know that you're developing and you're better than yesterday and you're better than yesterday, even though it's like such minute, sometimes small steps, you're still getting better. Mm-hmm. If you're stagnating, that's when people have issues. That's when people have insecurities. And that's what usually I see with my coaching clients. When I go on stage, people talk to me. It's when they're in a stagnant state of mind. So that's why always push yourself to get information, to get out of your comfort zone, go do like, I don't know, like a a workout that you would probably never have done, get out of your comfort zone and then grow your comfort zone to get in a state of flow. Mm, Love it. Thank you so much for that. No problem. Wonderful. So if anybody wanted to get in touch with Christopher, uh, you can get him, you can get in touch with him through his Instagram, which is Christopher Dedeyan and his last name is spelled D-E-D-E-Y-A-N. And you can also, if you were interested in booking um, coaching services with him, you can check them out on his website, which is ChristopherDedean.com. And he is also on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. So thank you so much, Christopher, for being here today. I truly appreciate it. All the information you brought. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. I really appreciate it as well. Thank you so much. And to everybody else, thank you for listening. Until next time. 
That concludes this episode. If you enjoyed it, feel inspired, and would like to hear more, please subscribe to the Relentless Minds podcast via the link in the show notes or visit LoriJimenez.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.